Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I was wondering if you would discuss this issue in your show. Our family GP sent my wife for a COVID test last week after hearing her cough during a phone conversation. Thankfully, the test came back negative. Because she has now exceeded her employer's company policy of three instances of sick leave in a calendar year, all GP certified, she's received a verbal warning today. She works for a large company in Ireland. Now, he did tell us where she worked, etc., etc., but obviously I don't want to impart that information to you. In my opinion, this is bullying, especially in the current difficult times we live in. My wife is an asthmatic and will be scared to seek medical attention in the near future. God forbid she should actually become infected with COVID. She faces further disciplinary action should this happen. Yours sincerely. Now, it is a common problem and employers are very confused. People are very confused about what they should do if they feel sick, etc, etc. This is going to be commonplace and very confusing for staff and employers. And if you were sent for a test, you must, according to the rules, you must isolate For 14 days, if you have a positive test. If it's a negative test, you must also isolate for 14 days if you had a close contact. In other words, if the HSE contact you and say you've had a close contact, you get a test and it's negative 14 days. That could be a long time, by the way, because it depends on how long it takes to get the test. But anyway, if you don't have a close contact and you get a negative test just because you might have had a cough, i.e., I ring me doctor and I go, how are you doing, doc? Bit of a cough on me here. And he goes, well, I've got to send you for a COVID test because you have a cough. And it comes back negative. You only have to isolate for 48 hours, according to the HSE website. That's because you don't have a close contact, all right? So let's get the confusion out of the way. So for employers out there, you don't have to let your staff go for 14 days if they haven't had a close contact and they just happen to have symptoms which are not actually COVID, but they've had a COVID test. Do you get what I mean? You know where we're going with this anyway. Now, it does seem bizarre that if you're unlucky enough to be in contact, it's like a lottery, with somebody with COVID and you test negative, you still lose work for two weeks, even though you're perfectly healthy. But the reason behind that, according to the government, is that the test could be wrong. But they would have never, ever admit the test could be wrong when it comes to positivity, but they'd admit it could be wrong when it comes to negativity. So anyway, the problem for many people is they don't tell their employers. And because of the likes of the email that I just read out, they won't tell their employers because they're afraid they lose their job, they lose money, particularly if they're self-employed. So if you've got a self-employed plumber, electrician, whatever he is or she is, and they have a bit of a cough in the morning and they ring the doc and the doc sends them for a test, they do a test and they're positive or they're negative, they're probably not going to tell anybody because they don't want, if they feel okay, that is, because they don't want to lose two, two, two weeks' work. And that's, the, that's a problem, isn't it? Because 350 is not going to cut the jib because that's what you get. If you're self-employed, you don't get that, by the way, I don't, I don't think. It's only for unemployment. 350 euro COVID sickness payment from the state is not going to cut it if you're used to earning 700 a week and you have a mortgage to pay and you have bills to pay. So can you understand why people don't tell their employers? And by the way, the HSE don't tell your employer because of data protection. They're not allowed to do that patient, you know, doctor patient confidentiality, etc, etc. So if you get a COVID test, a text from the HSE saying you're COVID positive, they're not going to contact your employer. As far as I know, they don't. Anyway, I'd be very surprised if they did. So it's up to you to be honest with your employer. If you feel perfectly healthy and the states have told you you're COVID positive, because remember, the majority of people who test positive are perfectly fine. They have no symptoms. So you get a text saying you're COVID positive. Are you going to tell your employer... A lot of people are not telling their employers. They're not telling anybody, actually, because they don't want to lose work. But can you understand why people are doing that? 
Let me know what you think. The number is 087188008. Can you understand why people wouldn't tell their employer? Because of that poor woman in the big company who just got a verbal warning. Podrick, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Podrick? Greetings, Niall. Greetings, Podrick. Your listeners await your very next word. Well, Niall, it has been <laughs> the 26th of January since you've had my wonderful diction across your airway. <laughs> has it been that long, Patrick? Has it? Why does it feel longer now? I didn't know you were keeping notes. <laughs> and Patrick, how are you? Ducking and diving now. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's tough. It's tough out there, Patrick. You know what I mean? But you're, you're, in, you're in construction, DIY in construction, yeah. aren't you? DIY, now you have it. Okay, so and has that affected you much? I mean, apart well, lockdowns, you can still go to people's houses, can't you, and paint their windows and doors, can you? Well, it's, as they say now, there's winners and losers here. I'm one of the winners because I'm a, I have a paint decorating business and uh, people, as you know, not going on vacation. Of course, yeah. Say. So, so hence... Uh, they're spending the extra cash on a bit of doing up the house? Correct. And be under no illusions, Niall, in this country, there's 20% of people that are loaded, and I mean loaded, and always have been loaded, it's just the other 80% are struggling. Now, just on a slight tangent now, can I just say, before we go there, about COVID, I would like all your listeners to get down on their hands and knees and say a decade of the rosary for Donald J. Trump, that he, that he uh, gets elected, re-elected. Um, a decade of the rosary? Yes, do, you think, do, you, do you think he needs a prayer? I think he needs that at the moment, because Sleepy Joe, and he's, if Sleepy Joe and his bunch of left-wing Traitors uh, are elected. It's it's curtains for America. You think so? Well, I you know I said to somebody this morning that I believe no matter what happens, I I predict, and this is just one of my predictions, there will be civil war in America within the next five years. Well, there's a left wing Antifa, left wing agenda there, Niall, and it's, it, it, these lefties are everywhere, not just in America, like they're causing havoc anywhere. They pretend to be liberals, and these are the very people. If you don't agree with them, Niall, they shout shout you down. So they have the audacity to call themselves liberal. Okay, well, well, look, we will be talking about the American elections just after one o'clock. I'll be talking to somebody about the, I suppose, the economic implications for Ireland. Yes. Uh, and mind you, uh, that's all up in the air at the moment anyway, because we're not travelling to America because we're just not allowed. Although if Donald Trump gets in, he has already said that as soon as he is re-elected, he will be reopening America for tourism. He'll be t- he'll be bringing in legislation, um, an executive order, I believe, to ban all lockdowns. Uh, so I don't know what people make of that. It depends. We'll find out tomorrow what people make of it. Anyway, back to what we're talking about. Podrick, I mean... As a self-employed person, and you get a quick call from the HSC saying, Padraig, you were out at the weekend there. One of the people you were with had COVID-19. We need to send you for a test. You go off for a test. You feel perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with you. And they come back and they say, uh, Padraig, you're positive for COVID-19. You have to isolate for 14 days. No work for you. What would you do? Well, to be honest with you, like, like I say, Niall, it's all about the money, honey. Uh, like you said, I'm self-employed. So it really, I'm so bad I wouldn't catch it anyway, Niall. But uh, at, the, at the end of the day, I, 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 look, this COVID business, it, it, it's the biggest overreaction in history. And that's what we should be talking about, really. I, I, look, Niall, I agree there's a virus out there, but with the uh, 0.0.0.2, half a quarter percent, people are dying from this. And well, I, I, I think it depends on which age group you're looking at, yes. But I if you're looking at very young people, look, yes. But I mean, I, I don't know the exact figure here. To, I don't know how to hand, but it's very low. It's, 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 only it's slightly, low. The mortality rate now is only slightly. Well, for people under the age of sixty-five, it's lower than the flu. For people over the age of sixty-five, it's slightly higher than the flu. Okay, yeah, so yeah, okay, we, we know that. 
Okay, but, but, okay but, but in saying that, you believe obviously the restrictions and the lockdowns are all disproportionate and, and a lot of people would agree with you, some would disagree with you, but a lot of people would agree with you. But Patrick, I'm asking you personally, if you got tested positive tomorrow, knowing that it would put you out of work for two weeks and you feel, I'm asking you, if you felt fine, you felt okay, uh, would you self-isolate for 14 days and would you tell people? So I, I probably wouldn't, I'll because, uh, look, I'm in a position that I could have probably afforded to do it, but... A lot of people aren't, Niall. So, like I said to you, it's about the money. I can see where people are coming. It's probably, you could call it irresponsible. People have been, Is it irresponsible? It's ir- irresponsible. But look, people have to put bread on the table. So, like, people, you could say, okay, you could give it to other people. But look, are we going to remain locked down forever? Perpetually? Locked down, in and out? What's it all about? Like the okie dokie, Niall? I mean, we, we can't live like this. Well, I think everybody agrees that we can't continue like this too much longer because we will have no economy left if we continue like this. So we all know that. You know, maybe December the 1st is D-Day. Maybe that's either make or break. In other words, look, there's nothing more we can do. We've no more money. We can't keep funding this. Let's all just go back to the way we were. I don't know whether that's going to happen. I can't see that happening. Yeah. Well, Niall, I was listening to a gentleman on uh, Cockney on the LBC the other day, and he he's a taxi driver. He, he look taxi drivers they, they meet a lot of people, and he he's asked numerous people, and so have I, by the way, since March. And I've asked about five hundred people. Everybody has their network about one hundred fifty people. So I, I'm beginning to wonder, Niall, who actually has this, or like you said before. Well, everybody. I know people. I know, I do know people who've. Well, I know well, people who've tested know, positive. I talked to numerous people. I have about three friends who have told me they tested positive. Right. When I say friends, I don't mean I'm with them every day of the week. (laughs) And and out of the three of them, only one of them had symptoms and that was a headache. Yeah, and how did they fare out? They were fine. They didn't have any symptoms. Yeah, yeah. Thought so, yeah. But anyway, like you say, if we have no economy here, we have no, you can't pay for the health service. Uh, Are we going to borrow money from the ECB forever? Every country in the world, England, America, borrowing money, uh, our future generation is going to have to pick up the tab here? Well, I don't, I don't know why, you know, I, I can, they say there will be no austerity. I, can, I don't believe that for a minute. Somebody has to pay back the money, even if it's at 0% interest or close on 0% interest. Somebody has to pay it back. 80 billion euro, I believe, we're in for at this stage, which is a yeah. lot of money. Twice what we, we went in for, if you go back to 2010, 2011. So yes. it's, like a, said, it's a lot of money. No, and I, and I, I'm with you, but I think we're kind of going on a bit of a tangent that we've covered over the last three or four months a million times. Yes. And we will cover it again on December the 1st if things don't change. But getting back to so you feel you can understand why people would not say anything. I can understand because yeah. people have to pay that. Look, we've been locked down since March in and out, and people are, are just have just had enough of this. When this when this came initially, Niall, like yourself, I, I thought this was the black plague. We're all going to die here. When Bradshaw went on the TV, I said, "Oh, Jay, I said to ourselves, oh, Jay, it's over." And uh, you know what I mean? Talk about over. It's absolutely. Uh, these are the science. I mean, the trouble is with science, Niall. It's not an exact science, and they, the scientists are disagreeing with each other. So, what hope has the ordinary Joe got? But uh, look, the ordinary Joe can count. We can count, and we know this is a, ma- a major overreaction. Okay, well, stay there for a second. Let me go to Wesley as well. I mean, there's loads of text, by the way, couldn't about Trump, too. Somebody else, by the way, mentions classic hits. Richard Bruton was probably making scones for Damien English when he forgot to put his clothes on. I come in some Joe. That's why because Damien said clothes weren't necessary. We can all run around the nip, didn't he? And uh, Niall, no other president has divided the, a country the way Trump has and the fact that Walmart had to remove all its guns and ammunition from its stores due to the fear of what's coming. Uh, thanks, says Stephen and Glass. Evan. Stephen, I would agree with you somewhat, but I, would agree, well, I wouldn't agree that that's the reason they're doing it. They believe that no matter who wins, 
there'll be riots. So, I mean, they're in a no-win situation there, by the way. And the riots that we've seen recently in America, as rightly pointed out by Podrick, are left-wing liberals who are basically, well, most of them have been Black Lives Matter, uh, who have, according to Donald Trump, are domestic terrorism. Um, and yes, there are peaceful protesters for Black Lives Matter, but sadly, uh, there are some that are non-peaceful. Uh, let me go to Wesley, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Wesley? Hey, no, how are you? Good afternoon. Uh, Wesley, you can see it from both sides. If somebody like, well, what no, would you, what would you do, Wesley? Not, not really, no. I, I think I just listen to Park there. I think he's, in, you know, look all painters. He's, he's inhaled too many uh, paint fumes and pubs. Too the much years. thinners, yeah. Too much yeah. thinners, yeah. Um, <laughs> so he, at, the, at the end of the day, he's willing to go into, he won't go into someone's house at the minute because he's comfortable and he has a few quid. But if he hadn't got a few quid, he'd run the risk of going to someone's house. He would, yeah, probably, yeah, and and. Uh, and uh, and risking their lives, someone that's good enough to give them a geek. Um, no, I think I think you have a deal with your care to your fellow workmates and your work colleagues that if you're feeling you have the symptoms, that you have to stay at home. How, how can I go in and, and risk infecting somebody in my workplace, or a work colleague or a workmate of mine, and then let them go home to the vulnerable people in their family and, and infect them? You know, you've got to just be honest and say, look, I have symptoms, I'm going to get Yeah, but if you've, if you've got a lad or a girl that, that, you know, needs their job, you know, they've got three kids, they've got to put, a, you know, food on the table, they've got a mortgage. I have two kids now, and I've got, I've got a vulnerable partner, and I've got a vulnerable father. And I've got two kids, and I, I, I'm working since I'm 17, I've never been on the dole in my life, and I had to pack, I'm a taxi driver and a plumber. And I've had to pack in the taxi driver in March because... There's, um, no, there's no taxi work, yeah. No, 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 before I was no taxi work, I packed it in and actually started the March. It was still taxi work. It was just that I couldn't run the risk of affecting my parent and affecting my father. So we care for. Right. So I, I made that decision based on on that. And, when I, and, and in March, I could understand why everybody would make yeah, a decision like that and, because, and, of course, in March we knew less about it. Exactly. And now, and now I went back to my original trade, which is plumbing and pipe fitting. And I would not go in and run the risk of infecting my workmate, knowing that I had this, uh, there's a good chance that I had that or I did have it. How can I go in and risk their lives and risk their family's lives? I mean, if you take it back to. You know, but I, yeah, but I mean, have, but have we changed the way then that we're thinking? Because let's say, for example, last year, okay. Uh, now we know that influenza and pneumonia kills uh, nearly up to eight hundred thousand people a year, right? Okay, yeah. uh, and it's equally when I say equally, it's a killer. Uh, you know, yeah. particularly for those people who are you know over the age of sixty-five as well. All right, yeah. and yet we didn't have that mindset. Like I came into work last year in February last year in two thousand nineteen. Yeah. And I felt very unwell. I remember saying to Ashling on the Monday night when I was working, God, I have pains everywhere. And I came into work the next day because I'd never been off work sick, ever. In 10 yeah. years here, I've never been off work sick. Yeah. And Andy Bad News sent me home, sent me home. I ended up in the doctors with a temperature of 39. I ended up nearly going to hospital. I had pneumonia. Now, the problem was, the following three days later, Helena got it. Yeah. Three days after that, Magic Mike got it. Now, I got it from somebody in sales, I think, or something like that, probably, right? But I'm not going to blame them, nor is Helena blaming me, was Helena blaming me, nor is Mike blaming Helena. It was something we accepted as human beings that we, we kind of did that. Now, we all, I accept now we have to be careful about, we maybe have a different mindset now about going to work sick. But if you're being told by the HSA, listen, you have a positive test based on a PCR test, which, by the way, has been questioned around the world, you feel perfectly fine. And you're being told you're COVID positive, <laughs> and you have a mortgage and food on the table. What are you going to do? But you're not fine. You, you sometimes need to be protected from yourself. You should have. You should have. You know you're a grafter. I know you've walked all your life like yourself, and you wanted to go in and do a day's walk. That's fair enough. But sometimes you need to be protected from yourself. You shouldn't have went in with the flu. No, I should. No, you're right, and I, and yeah. I shouldn't have. But we were we were in a different world. I mean, this is almost like a, a new world we're living in now. Yeah. Where but we're very conscious of this. I get your point, but this is a different animal now because you can have you can have no symptoms and pass this on. With the flu, you'll show symptoms. You'll go in, people will see you have the flu, and they say, have you ever got home before you infect us all? 
this thing, you're asymptomatic. And you can pass on to people without well, even yeah, well, okay. There's, there's different experts around the world are questioning the whole idea of that. And look, it's better. The, the whole idea of being asymptomatic and passing it on is the argument is it's better to be safe than sorry. And I get that. I get Absolutely. it. And I get, I, 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 I can see why people are struggling. But at the end of the day, Noel, I survived on the 350 a week for three or four months because you cut your cloth, right? The government, we all slag the government, I'm the force to slag them myself. But in fairness, the 350 helped everybody out. I, I, did, thought, yeah. it great, I, I thought it was a great thing that he, that, that he, he brought in really quick. And it got me over to the banks, which I was on to before about them, they brought in the moratorium. So there was, there, was, there was things in place there to let people be honest, to, 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 for people to make the right decision, to do the right thing. Okay, so are you saying to me that if somebody goes to work after being diagnosed or being given a positive test and, and they don't tell anybody, you believe that person is being irris- grossly irresponsible? Well, you could, you could, no, matter, you could, no matter what their circumstances. Absolutely. And like, what would you do this way, Noel? I'm probably being a bit dramatic. If you have HIV and you sleep with somebody, you're putting their life at risk. Ah, you you, that's, that's, that's not a fair comparison. It's, it's, it's not a bad one. No. If a, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. If you get HIV, now thankfully now, by the way, there's a lot of uh, treatments now for HIV, but let's go back to when HIV was the killer that it was, and it killed millions yeah. of people around the world. Absolutely. HIV was a lot more dangerous than COVID-19, right? So it killed millions of people around the world. Oh, I'm, so, I'm just saying... But I mean, hold on, there's a big difference. If you got HIV back in the 1980s, it was a death sentence. If you get COVID-19, it's not a death sentence. It's not. It's probably not a fair comparison, but what I'm saying is to bury your head in the sand and say, I have this, and I'm going to go in, and I'm going to walk in there, and I'm going to run the risk of, of, of infecting my work colleagues, who are going to go home to vulnerable people, who are doing everything with a book, who are, look, I, I care for my father, so I go in and put masks on, I put gloves on, we don't let carers go in now, because they're, the carers are with different people, so I'm going in, and my whole family are, are taking precautions to protect my father, how can I go in then, and, and, and with, knowing I have COVID, and go in, and run the risk of giving it to some, one of my work colleagues who'll go home to their vulnerable people and pass on to them. How can we sleep at night? Okay, hour? okay. Well, 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 let me just put it to Patrick. Patrick, it's a fair, fair point. You know what I mean? If anything <laughs> happened, if he went home or if he went to work uh, knowing he was COVID positive, even with no symptoms, and then suddenly somebody in work got it, passed it on to their elderly father or mother in a care home or at home, and they died, he'd never forgive himself. Now, look, a lot of this is common sense. Pre-COVID, if somebody had the flu, common sense would tell you you keep away from people that are vulnerable. This, this virus, you do likewise. Like a lot of this, it's not rocket science. And at the end of the day, it's very easy for people to pontificate, like politicians and, and people in, in, in method who are on telephone number salaries and say we're all in it together when we're not. Financially, we're not. Well, no, together. we're not financially in this together. No, we're Correct. not. And the only uh, hats off to Verona Murphy down in Wexford, a great patriot that went on the 350 Nile. So take the pain of the ordinary Joe and the Josephine. Yeah, yeah, by the way, we would all be in this together. If I seen Neffet and if I seen, you know, government ministers and if I seen uh, public sector workers getting 350, I think we would all agree we're in this together. But it does be seem to be disproportionately affecting the private sector, uh, particularly those who are self-employed. But stay there. I want to go to, um, is it Paul I have to go to next? Uh, Paula, would you actually tell somebody if you were tested positive? Um, I would, um, I think, well, I would, in my situation, I would, um, yeah. so, in the day, I'm self-employed, like you were just saying there, and I've had to close my business because I'm non-essential business, so I've been so since the third, and I'm unfortunately not able to get a COVID payment. Why not? Um, when I, when... Um, I emailed the Welfare and Department of Social Protection on the 23rd, asking for the COVID payment because I was closed, because I was self-employed and non-essential. I got a reply the following Friday and they basically said, 
The department does not have any re- recent record of PRSI contributions paid for the following classes, A, E, H, P and S. Um, have you not, uh, Paula, can I ask you a question then? Have you not paid any tax or PRSI? And this is the thing I actually have. I've had flat returns for the last two years since I've opened. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, the first year... And did you do your income tax returns last year and the year before? Well, this is the thing. The first year I opened, I traded at a lot. So but you still have to do a return. I did do the returns. The yeah. returns were done for the last okay. two years by my accountant. But because I traded at a lot, for the first year, I didn't pay income tax. Okay, and fair enough. That was offset against my. But you would have paid. You would, yeah, but you would have paid PRSI and uh, Universal Social, whatever it's called. It's no, got out of my head. Every, I know. Everything that I needed to pay was paid, but they said they have no records of it. Oh, so right. Basically, they have said we cannot verify. That all sounds very dubious, Paula. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm sure you looked at it and went, what the hell? Well, you see, I got onto my accountant. As soon as I got this reply, I got onto my accountant and she said, send in your self-assessment forms from the government, which highlights everything. I didn't think there was anyone not entitled to it, apart from the fact if you're over 65 or you're you're in education, I didn't, uh, you know, it's school going. I didn't think there was anybody not entitled to it. Well, according to them, uh, they said we cannot verify if you were in employment before claiming the COVID pandemic. But you weren't claiming social welfare, were you? No. Okay, well, Uh, if you weren't claiming social welfare, you weren't cost the state out for the last two years, I don't see why they shouldn't give you the bloody payment. Well, that's the thing. Uh, They're saying then that they cannot determine the rate of payments that should apply to my claim, and therefore they cannot pay me. Oh, this is when they brought in the 200s, 300s, when they changed the kind of rule around it. Yeah, initially at the start, it was a kind of free-for-all, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, so so, so that leaves you in a situation. So what are you living on, by the way, Paula? um, I've actually had to borrow try and pay my mortgage and also to pay my suppliers. So you're getting no income whatsoever? Nothing. That's nothing a bean. Not so, a bean. And what about, so, can you not even claim social welfare? Uh, that's what I'm, well, I'm waiting to get a reply from the Department of Social Welfare. How long are you waiting? Um, uh, just over a week, 10 days at this point. Oh, well, that's okay. That's not too bad. It's not too bad. Okay. But the thing is, I've emailed them several times just asking, you know, have they reviewed it and when will I get a no, reply? because you can't go on much longer like that with no money. No, and I've heard nothing back. That's dreadful. And what, can I ask you what line of business you're in? Um, I'm in clothing. Oh, right, okay. And what, is it an online shop or is it... No, I don't have an online presence, you see. Oh, right, so... you need to get that sorted. Yeah, um, okay. I'd be quite specialised, so that's the reason why I didn't do it Right, before. okay, I get you. Okay, 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 let me get back to the original question then, because I'm running out of time here. Okay, so the question, then, if if you were, let's say, operational at the, you know, at the time, let's say we go back four weeks ago, and obviously you're just robbing Peter to pay Paul, I imagine you're not making a huge amount of money. No. Uh, and somebody said to you, listen, you've been in close contact with somebody who had COVID-19, off you go for a test, comes back, and you feel perfectly fine, Mm-hmm. And you get a positive test. Mm. What would you What would you do? Well, to be with you, in that situation, I would close for the the quarantine period. I think that's only fair. Now, saying that the nature of my business, I can practice social distancing anyway, and I have been very strict regards that wearing masks and gloves. But even if I did come back with a positive test, I would close for the fourteen days. Okay. But so, and what would you What would you say to Padraig, who, who understands, although he do it himself? He understands why there are people out there who are not telling their employers. It's a very difficult situation. Um, Would you judge them? Sorry? Would you judge them? Would you judge somebody who didn't? Would you say they're being irresponsible? 
it's very difficult to judge someone in a situation when trying to pay uh, food, their bills, their mm. bills, their mortgages. So I can understand why they would do it. It would also as well depend, I suppose, on the nature of the business that they're working in and the sector. I wouldn't judge. It's not my place to judge. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah Wesley. Like, I don't see why people are struggling, to be honest. I, I, we all struggle, of course we do, but the government that put in place a moratorium, you know, the, the banks did. But that's finished. It's finished, yeah. For, 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 for the, for yeah, but, for yeah, but COVID's still around. There. there you go. So the moratorium is finished, right? Unless, right. Now, you yeah, can still get, by the way, can I point it? You can still get a moratorium if you can prove to you your bank one. you can't pay it. Yeah. But, but, but in I saying that. Myself, but what I'm saying is, yeah, the 350 is back, back in, okay? Yeah. So there's, there's, there's things in place there that the government are bringing in to say, right, we're helping you. Do, do, please do the right thing. And people need to do the right thing. I just want to give a thing. I nearly lost my partner last Friday night. And I said, watch her go in an ambulance. And I literally said goodbye to her. And I mean, say goodbye. Well, what happened to her? What happened to her? She, she, she had um, an infection in her leg and it got septic and all her voice was dropped. And oh, why? Is she okay yeah. now? No, she's still in hospital now. Oh, I, I hope she's okay. I, I, I haven't seen her. I'll give her a shout out. Siobhan, she's listening in. Siobhan, how are you? I hope you're okay, Siobhan. I haven't seen her in a week and a half. Um, with the drop stuff down the bottom of the stairs to her. She's had an operation. She's going to have another operation. We have to say goodbye to her going to an ambulance. That's the unseen part of COVID that people don't realise. Yeah, but the, but the people will even, but people will also argue, Wesley, that that shouldn't be the case, that you shouldn't yeah, have had to say yeah, goodbye to her in an ambulance. I know, but the most alternative, just let everybody walk up the bomb and hospital today and, and visit No, 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 that's not the alternative. No, the alternative is that we're dealing with a hospital scenario and a hospital setting whereby hospital settings, they should be very familiar with PPE, very familiar with dealing with people and isolating people in such a way that they can still, and we've argued about this, about still being able to see their loved ones. We've learned from MRSA and other books that's in the hospital that we can't deal with, but the hospitals aren't equipped to deal with. And that, that, there's no point, that, no, that, that's a problem that we have that we've had before COVID came along. Our hospitals are not like other hospitals in, the, in, other, in other countries. We cannot deal with COVID. We cannot deal with the, the, the outcome of it. And the, yeah, but and so are we, are we now taking, as citizens, taking the blame for a health service which has yeah, been a mess for the last 30 it. years? We have, we have to annoy Okay, it. but let me, let me put it to you this way. Go back three years ago. Okay, we had a really bad um, pneumonia flu season and our hospitals were out the door, right? People crying on the air that, you oh. know, 85-year-olds were sitting on trolleys in their own urine. You remember all those stories? Yeah, okay, now... Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And we, at one stage, we had 800 people in hospital with uh, influenza and pneumonia and ICU was out the door. Okay, now, at that stage, we looked at the government and we said, yes, pack a Muppets, sort it oh. out, right? Okay, right. now, at no stage, they turn to us and say, I'll tell you what, we'd rather you didn't get sick, so we're going to put you all in your own houses and not let you leave, because we wouldn't have put up with that. So yeah. the, so what's the difference now? Why are we accepting the blame for a bad health well, service we're now? We're not accepting the blame, Noel, but COVID snuck up on us there in, in February, something that came out of nowhere. And we can't, our hospitals just can't cope with it. Our health system can't. We've had minister after minister that's inept. Your man are really going to late late show crying crocodile tears. But look, but look at what we're doing. We spend, we're, we've got to put a country in lockdown for six weeks and COVID payments alone, that's 1.2 billion, right? Just on COVID payments, right? Yeah. 1.2 billion, we'd nearly build a hospital. Oh, mind you, in this country, we probably wouldn't for enough 1.2 billion. It's 2 billion for a children's hospital, for God's sake. But close enough, anyway, we could certainly put a load of ICU beds into City West or something like that. Most companies will have a, a three instances of absence in a six-month um, window policies, as that is the government legal guidelines on absentee and lateness. But it's down to the company to investigate your absence. Your HR department should be going into a disciplinary with a level clear head uh, without a, a outcome in mind and then uh, question why the absence was and um, 
tight correct course of action from there. If this woman has one of her absences as being COVID, then there is by no way any company should be issuing a warning of any type or any disciplinary action for absenteeism. Um, and I would uh, su- certainly suggest that woman contact the National Employment Rights Authority near it um, and seek more advice. Thanks, yeah, thanks for that. I'm quite surprised myself, actually, because I, I know who she works for because they told us in the email. Obviously, I don't want to tell you that over the email uh, because we need to get a statement from the employer if that's what we were going to do, which we're not going to do in this situation because they want to remain anonymous. I'm quite surprised at this particular large company uh, taking and adopting that approach. Niall, I, the faster know people start to wake up, the better. I know loads of barbers, hairdressers, and every other profession that's gone, they're all working behind closed doors. There's no one actually doing what they're supposed to. Yeah, the shops are closed and the, the barbers are closed, but they're all still cutting here. They're doing it from home, they're doing it from behind closed doors. People are still living normal lives as much as they can. So, and the numbers are still going down. So the faster no people start to wake up, the better. Also, by the way, just to mention, Tony uh, Holohan has just mentioned as well, there's fresh doubts about the prospect of Christmas homecomings at airports. Uh, Tony Holohan, the President of Ireland, I mean the Chief Medical Officer of Ireland, issued a new warning on international travel. Yes, I said that on purpose. He said the situation at the moment is that international travel of non-ascension nature is not safe. He mentions Europe and North America. Um, in other words, it looks likely that, and I'd like to hear from you, by the way, because maybe you're a parent who has children away in Australia or America or Europe or whatever it has, happens to be. How do you feel about the thought of them not coming home for Christmas? Um, because, and by the way, I would consider that to be essential, by the way, to meet you, to be with your family for Christmas. Anyway, uh, getting back to, stay there, Wesley. I want to go back to Mark. Mark, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Mark? Hi, how are you, Niall? How are you doing? Mark, uh, okay, same question to you then. I don't know what your employment situation is, but you feel perfectly fine. You get a call from the HSC, you do a test, and it's negative. Um, it's between you and the HSC. Are you going to tell your employer? No, I wouldn't tell my employer. I have to tell you, I'm self-employed. And um, I wouldn't be taking time off work. Uh, time off work, my industry has been completely and uh, totally impacted greatly. Um, and I don't see why there's... I'll be honest with you, I don't understand this whole lockdown and what we're doing on this this so-called virus that is not the pandemic or the killer it was supposed to be. I know people have died, that is a fact, but people will die every day of the year. Um, you know, it, that's a natural part of life. Uh, people live, people die from different diseases and all that. But the focus of this last six months or more has just been COVID obsession. Absolute obsession. And most people probably have COVID and didn't even know they had COVID. Well, and many would have had it and probably didn't even know, yeah? yeah. Absolutely, and I probably had it and I didn't even know about it, and I probably got a cough and cold or whatever. Like, people are now judging, we're coming into flu season, we're in flu season, actually, we're not coming... Well, we're not, we're not actually in flu season because they said that... No, well, I'll tell you why. They've been in Public right. Health England and the CDC and the ECDC and the WHO have said more or less the same figure, that flu and, in, and influenza and pneumonia are down by 95%. Mortality is down by 95%. In other words, what's happening is the people who are dying, sadly, of flu or pneumonia, um, many of those people will also have a COVID-positive test, so their their death will be recognised as a COVID-related death. So, Niall, as you know and I know, um, most people that get pneumonia get, get flu and, and, you know, survive it pretty well. I, myself, got flu a few years ago, got it very bad. And, most people, um, on average, get flu twice, twice in a lifetime. Yeah. Well, believe believe it or not. Pretty bad, and I got pneumonia out of it, and I survived. But like, 
We, we actually think as human beings we get the flu a lot more. We don't. We don't. We get a bad cold uh, every now and again, but we only get the flu I, usually about twice in our lives. Well, I didn't know, I didn't know that. Yeah. But the reality is I went... If in today's terms, I probably would have been tested. And if I was COVID, they would probably not say that I died if I died of pneumonia. They would probably tell me that I died of COVID, the way things are going at the moment. Everything is just COVID overload. Okay, okay, well, okay, so, well, what do you, um, um, let me go back to Wesley. Wesley. Yeah. There you go, Mark, his business has been decimated, he's self-employed, if he had no symptoms and he tested positive, he has mouths to feed, including his own, I'm assuming, and bills to pay, he's going to work. Well, look, I, fully, I, I, I get where Mark is coming from, and I don't believe that pubs should be closed or hairdressers or anything, so I think they should keep everything open, but protect people and put the right precautions in place. You know, I'm not, I'm not for closing down all these businesses. But what I, what, I, what I am for is that if you have it, you need to be honest. If Mark has it and he's down to walk in Brody's house next week, you should say to Brody, why don't I tell you, Brody, I have COVID. Are you okay with going into your house? And if she's not hung up on COVID, yeah, you can come into my house. I'm not hung up on that. You've got to be honest with people and let them know you have it. I don't think we should be locking down uh, businesses. I don't think we should be locking down anything. It's kind of very reminiscent of leprosy, isn't it, in that sense? I mean, I what, no, 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 I'm saying what yeah. you're saying. You remember yeah. years ago, when you talked about, you know, yeah. we go back centuries ago, people had, right. had a bell around their neck when they had leprosy. And that's, and that's, and that's what, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not on here saying that we should be in lockdown. I think the pub should be open. I think all the businesses should be open, but the, the precautions should be in place. I, I would have no problem going to uh, get my hair cut. But once your man wears a mask, I wear a mask. I'm about safe. I'm about protecting you. Where I walk at the minute, we all wear masks. Well, yeah, get, but you, yeah, but you'd be disgusted to know that your, your barber had COVID and didn't tell you. But no, I, I'd still feel safe if he had a mask. And I had a mask. Okay, okay, okay. No, I'd still feel safe. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Mark, asking. Mark, do you wear a mask? No, I don't. Uh, Sometimes, yeah, when I go into places, I When have you went to a shop and what have you, yeah. Yeah, I just because everybody's red. Okay. But the reality is, everybody, I had a cold. Like, would I, if I was going into, as he said, Bridie's house, would I say, uh, Bridie, by the way, I have a cold. Can I come into your house? Oh, Bridie, I have a flu. When people are out and about in, in the pub when normal life was going on, people never walked into the pub and said, that, uh, lads, oh, I have a cold. No, sorry, man. You know, I have a flu. Or, that never uh, happened. We've no, just gone overload. We didn't. I know, come on. Wesley, in fairness, we didn't do that. I mean, go back pre-COVID, I know it's different, pre-COVID, when you walked into the pub and you felt a little bit under the weather, you turn around to your mates and you go, jeez, I think I'm coming down with something. No, yeah, well, you no. wouldn't turn around and announce it. No, the Thank question you, it doesn't have hot whiskey. That's how you cure yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was nobody locking anything down because that's ridiculous no, what's, what's going Max, on at the moment. Max, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not for locking no. down. The question posed to me was, would you be honest if you had COVID? That's the question. I'm not yeah. saying tell people you're well, cold and all this. You've got to be honest if you have COVID. If you test positive tomorrow for COVID, uh, you can't go into Well, I mean, well, if Mark is being honest and going by government advice and government regulations, and I need to tell everyone to do that, Mark would have to stay in isolation for 14 days. So he'd have to stay in his house for 14 days and not work. And I, Mark, could you do that or will you do that? I won't do that, no. No, I feel perfectly fine. I will continue because if I... No, I obviously have an obligation, Mark, to tell you that that's you know, going against government guidelines, but I'm just, just letting you know. 100%, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, because you're... Whatever, you tell me whatever you want to say. But I'm just telling you, the government guidelines is changing every single day. We're getting new guidance, so-called guidance, because reality is there's no real proper guidance out there about this whole thing because it's all new, it's all mixed up. I heard, I heard it being compared to AIDS today, to, to, to HIV. That's, that's the comparison they're saying about HIV being a virus compared to... Comparing no, I, 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 I know, and I, I, and I did actually hear somebody during the week, uh, and this was a professor, by the way, on another radio station, comparing COVID-19 to the Spanish flu, uh, and I've never heard anything so ridiculous in all my life. The Spanish flu killed nearly 60 to 80 million people. 